party. Good morning, everybody. This is Tanner. Welcome to the Groovy Misfits podcast. It's your favorite loudmouth here checking in on this beautiful Wednesday morning. Dude, I'm like traumatized from the last time I recorded a long ass episode and the audio was super spotty. So now I have to like triple check it four different times because I don't want to have to re-record anything. You got to capture emotions in the moment, dude. And I feel like when I have to re-record, I lose all the uh, the fluidity and the freeness of the original recording. But sometimes it's good, too, because I get to go back and through and clean it up and whatever, whatever. What's up? Dude, I'm fucking excited. Today's going to be a special episode uh, story time. Like I said, uh, a lot, you know, a lot of change is coming from the All Feelings, No Facts podcast to the Groovy Misfits podcast, right? This podcast is definitely going to be open forum. Sometimes it's going to be, you know... Uh, guests and, and my homies. Other times it's going to be story time. Uh, it's going to be, you know, individual rants like the last episode where I kind of just recap what's going on in my life. Maybe I'll get into specific, specific, specific topics uh, such as sports or weightlifting, diet, spirituality. We're just going to talk about everything. Like I said, it's a platform for me to run my mouth and to have fun and be funny and, and creative and all that good stuff. But today it's story time. Uh, I'm getting ready to go to Hawaii, um, flying out tomorrow. Today's Wednesday. I'll be, I'll be flying out Thursday to go marry two of my, uh, close friends, my buddy nuts and, and his fiance, Danny, I introduced the two and that's going to be a story as well eventually, but this is just to kind of let you guys know where I'm at right now. Uh, I introduced them. I was working with Danny. She was my boss and, uh, she was having, she was kind of dating or, or, you know, just whatever. She wasn't dating, but, you know, just I seemed open to it. And they were talking about, like, possible bachelors and suitors for her. And uh, I was like, hey, I think you should try try and date my boy Nuts. And right there, I literally said it like that. Like, oh, dude, you should date my boy Nuts. And I'm like, you know, have him take you out. And she fucking just laughed her ass off because his nickname is Nuts. And I love calling him Nuts. His name is Joseph Sacknitz. Sack nuts, nuts. That's how we uh, derived that. But uh, yeah, and I introduced them, and they fucking hit it off, and uh, they've been killing it ever since. They bought a house together, uh, and and he he popped the question, and, and they're getting married in Maui, Kihei, the big city on Maui, Kihei. And so I'm gonna be taking a six-hour flight, which is not my favorite, not my favorite, but uh. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to be a part of an awesome ceremony and uh, marry those two lovebirds. Uh, but yeah, so I'm just kind of getting ready for that, getting the house all cleaned up. Uh, I love like leaving a clean house. So when I get back, everything's all clean and taken care of. So I've been uh, cleaning up some stuff and obviously there's some, you know, I'm, I'm rearranging the house and all of that. I uh, had to get some new furniture, new vacuum. So that's my day to day after work is uh, going to do some shopping, get a nice fit for the wedding so I look handsome but not too handsome because it's about them whatever uh yeah so man I want to share a story uh this this happened to me a couple weeks ago uh it, it was a job interview it's a, it, it's a horror job interview story you know uh full disclosure I haven't had too many you know since I got sober and you know became a good citizen and, and wasn't like a drug dealer and a degenerate uh 
I, I've, you know, I, ha- I haven't worked a ton of jobs, but you know, a fair amount. My cadence has been like a new job every year or two years, you know, and I started from the bottom as they say, uh, where like my first job, uh, sober was at a, uh, Walgreens in uh, Juanita in Kirkland. And it was great. It was a perfect job, but I made like nine bucks an hour. And, uh, that's a whole nother story. God, I have so many stories. I, I'm a story guy. I love it. Uh, I'll tell you the story about how I got that job. But the, the interview was was super chill at that. But, uh, yeah, I man, so every time I've uh, gotten a job since I've been sober, it's normally been off a recommendation. So I've kind of, like, laddered up from just, like, one job to another from someone being like, hey, you should come work here. You should come work there. I know somebody, blah, 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 right? So most of the interviews are pretty, uh, pretty cozy because I had an in, you know? Uh, but this, this dude, holy shit. So – my buddy Max, shout out Max. Hopefully you're listening. Uh, he he does he works at this place where they sell CAD software, CAD software, where they it's all for engineers and design and, and the whole pitches. Everything you see around this in this inter- everything you see around you is made with CAD soft CAD software, right? From Tesla to Coca Cola to furniture, everything's made with CAD. Uh, and it's really cool. Max has been doing it uh, a couple years ago. I remember when he got the job uh, and he was all stoked about it and he's been doing it ever since. Right. And I'm not unhappy with my job, but I definitely, uh, I definitely, you know, I think there's some there. I'm, I started becoming open to it during the pandemic of, of possibly looking for a different job, maybe having a little bit different of experience or doing something that's more in line with, uh, you know, we always say, Oh, I want to have passion. I want to work somewhere where I have passion. I feel valued. And I, you know, changing the world or whatever. I'm not necessarily that person, but I do like, you know, showing up to a job where I'm like, fuck yeah, this is, this is dope, you know? And the job I have now was that when we were working in the office because I'd see my boy nuts who, you know, I'm, I'm flying out to, to marry him. And, uh, you know, so I'd see him every day and we'd kick it and, and it was just like the whole thing, but working at home, it just, it just got flat, dude. It got fucking flat and tiresome, you know, which is weird. I never thought that I always wanted to work from home work remotely right until they're like it's like be careful what you wish for because then they're like yeah you're just gonna work remotely for like the rest of your fucking experience here and i'm like shit it was cool for a bit but then it just gets you know i don't know i I just was ready for something different well uh, i've been training for my my personal training like my uh certified personal training cert right and so i'm I'm doing that and i was thinking about you know transitioning at least part-time to that and then maybe getting a new gig whatever whatever for some supplemental income but also to see if i like the fitness industry uh, and training, right? So I started opening up. I started putting out into the universe. I need a new job. I'm looking for a new job, right? I hadn't really applied anywhere else. Got an Indeed fucking page or whatever and all that nonsense and shot out some uh, applications. But Max, so Max hit me up and he's like, hey, dude, we're hiring again. And when Max got the job at this place, he had, uh, sorry, there's a dump truck going on right now. So it might get crazy. Max actually said, hey, dude, like they're hiring some more people if you want to come. And like uh, at that point, the primary job I've had where I've earned the most money and I've done really well in is sales, right? But sales has fucking eaten my soul because most of the time, the smash and grab sales, the, you know, the just sell and dump and go on to the next one and that's all about just like more and more and more. It's, it's not really ever, I've never really sold like a, a quality product, right? Whether it was when I managed the CBD company, uh, the sales floor for the CBD company, many years ago or if it was uh at data sphere i was selling like marketing right which is kind of just like 
just fluffy nonsense, you know, decent product, but it's not anything that's going to change someone's life, right? It's all cheap shit, and they're just like, go, go, go. And uh, hopefully they don't realize that it's not the best product. So then after a point, you know, you come in and you're just like, fuck, I don't believe in the product and uh, money isn't everything for me. And that's going to be the moral to this story in this situation is uh, it's funny. I'll, I'll get into that. But it's just like I've walked away from a lot of money, uh, a lot of high paying jobs that I was skilled at because I, it's not just about money for me. Because if it was just about money, yeah, I would, I would go use car dealership or work at Lexus or do some, you know, some just like smash and grab job where I can make a ton of money cracking people over the head uh, for their credit card number or whatever. And that's just like not, it's not about money to me. It's money's nice and it helps, but uh, I just want to have fun, you know, and, and, and really like what I'm doing and, and at least like the company I'm working for, whatever. So uh, Max, you know, when he first got the job, he was like, hey, but I was like traumatized from the sales experiences I'd had thus far. And I was just like, dude, no, I'm looking for something that's just like maybe, you know, just just no, I don't want the high pressure. I don't want the quotas. I don't want the uh, sell, sell, sell and that whole, you know, culture. And so uh, I passed. But then years later, he had stayed there and he's been thriving. And if you ask Max, he'll be like, I've made more money than I ever made in my life. And six figures and seven figures and I buy cigars and keyboards and wait I mean he he's definitely doing well because he's wasting a lot of money on nonsense like fucking fancy keyboards so obviously uh it's a good job to have if you're good at it right and so he hits me up and he's like hey they're hiring again and you're the only person that I'd be willing to recommend uh and he's like I know you you know obviously we're best friends he knows me he knows my uh skills and my experience and he's like it'd be a shoe in you'd love it and also uh, it'd be a huge pay increase, right? Would have been like, f- I don't have a health insurance right now. I get a stipend each month to pay for health insurance, but that means that I'd be paying like close to $500 for any quality, uh, any, not inequality, any quality insurance. It'd be like 500 bucks a month, right? So my stipend wouldn't even cover half of that. And then it would just, you know, whatever, because my, my company's too small to offer like a lucrative package for them and for us. And so like just that alone, I'm like, just want a job because I need to get my shoulder fixed. I have some other things uh, I could get worked on. You know, I get after it and I beat up my body. So just like some self-care stuff would be nice. Uh, I probably haven't seen a general <laughs> like physician for fucking 10 years, right? I just take my gummy vitamins two a day and eat a lot of spinach and kale and, and you know, I, I try and eat relatively clean. So whatever. Maybe there's a lump somewhere in my body that I haven't discovered yet. I hope not. Uh, but Whatever off the subject. So he, he reaches out and he's like, Hey man, like the base salary would be a, a significant increase. Just the base, not even commissions or anything. Just the base would be a significant in- increase of what I'm making now. It's from, it's remote. So it's from home. Cause I have this big worry about not being able to, I don't want Fred to like, you know, be in a cage all day while I'm at work and whatever, whatever. I like being here. Like right now he's literally going hard on a bone in the background. And so I like him not being caged up. So I was like, Ooh, if I could work from home, do sales, which is something I'm proficient in, make a good amount of money more than what I'm making now base. Plus there's always that commission incentive. Right. And so if I really grind out and bust my fucking ass, I could, you know, make a, uh, some good schmeckles and stack up. Right. So that's another thing I want to buy a house. I have some goals, you know, whatever I'm ambitious. So max like, Hey man, uh, if you're down, send me a, a resume and like I was money. Ch- uh, that's my fault from the get right. So I was money chasing. Like I had been doing this uh, certified personal training thing and was going down that path and it's not going to be a real lucrative thing to start, right? But I was like money chasing because like my job's secure. I work with my friend. It's it's held me down for two years during the pandemic. Great group of dudes, small business, so it's not big, like corporate, like whatever, whatever. 
Uh, so I like it and I'm taking care of them. They value me there. Right. But I was money chasing. So that's my first shortcoming. And I'm going to point out a couple of my shortcomings and, uh, greediness and whatever. So I was like, of course, dude, fuck. Yeah. I was like, I'm down. Let's do it. So I sent him the resume, uh, correspond with the, his manager, the hiring guy. And he's like, okay, cool. We'll do it. You know, we'll do an interview. Like what I see on your resume. We'll do an interview next Wednesday. I was like, all right, cool. And I was like, I was excited and I was already cashing checks in my mind. I was like, oh my God, like that base alone is going to be, you know, significantly more than I'm making now. And I'm not, I'm making like, I'm making decent money. I'm surviving. I'm doing fine. You know, uh, I'm paid well for the job I do. So, uh, a couple days before I was, I was excited for it. I was excited for it. Another shortcoming of mine, maybe a little too lackadaisical. I thought it was too much of a shoe in. Cause Max was like, dude, like this guy's cool. You're good. I, my recommendation holds a lot of water, which, which it definitely did. And so I kind of was like, it was going to be my experience with all these other companies where I was going to sit down. I was just going to give them the straight, like this, this is what I'm good at. This is what my experience is. Cool. When do I start? Right? So I was assumptive. And, uh, I didn't really, I, I, I came into this a little, a little light, which I shouldn't have. I wasn't as on point. Right. So, so I was nervous coming up to it. Right. Just because, uh, I, I was like already cash and checks. So I was like, okay, well, I, this would be great. Right. So I was already thinking about the money and, and it was just all money. It's just not good. Right. Any decision based out of fear, or out of money is just going to be sus, super sus. So my intentions were a little fucked from the beginning, but I'll get to that. So, uh, a couple Wednesdays ago we, we were scheduled three o'clock, right? Three o'clock have our uh, interview. It was going to be a phone interview, right? So I was like, cool. So like 250 rolls around. I go and I get quiet. I meditate real quick. Uh, and then I think, fuck, I don't know. Bailey may have been here. I can't remember. Bailey might have to remind me. I don't know if he was here or not, but uh, I think he was actually. Yeah. So I go, I go in uh, my room, get quiet, meditate for a couple of minutes, take some deep breaths. Call, Cause I was nervous, dude. It'd been a while since I'd interviewed and it was a, it was a big job. So I was like, okay, uh, three o'clock rolls around. I'm sitting in my room, headphones in. I was going to, you know, I had my Bluetooth speak headphones in to, to talk. Cause I don't like holding the phone to my ear. It's weird cancer or whatever brainwaves 5g. So, uh, three o'clock rolls around. I'm like, fuck, he hasn't called yet. And like, then like three Oh five, three ten rolls around. I'm like, shit. And so I, I'm like, well, you know, I normally work out right after work. So I was like, okay, I'm going to like walk up to the gym. He'll call me on the way. I like the moving when I'm talking, kind of pacing so I can stay sharp, whatever. So as I'm walking up there and I get to the gym, still hasn't called me yet. So it's like close, close to like 3.30. It's like 3.25 now, 25 minutes late. I'm fucking incredibly punctual. Punctuality is important to me. I think it shows a sign of responsibility and mindfulness and care and professionalism. Uh, that's huge for me. So already I was like, this is kind of weird. Like what the fuck? And then I, but I also was like, oh, so this dude's like super low key. This, this manager, he's not even tripping. Like he, this is just going to be a pally. Like what up dude? Oh yeah. You sell shit. Okay, cool. Let's get after it. Right. So I text Max. I'm like, I'm like, Hey man, he's like 25 minutes late to the, uh, to the, uh, his interview to me. Uh, not a good start. Just kind of joking around, but also serious. You know, I was like, not a good start. And he was like, oh, no, I'll, I'll ping him. Oh, my bad. Uh, he said ping. I think that's like a new term they use. Like these fucking tech bros and sales guys. I'll ping him. It's like, whatever. I was like, no, don't. Don't. Because I'm like, this interview is just as much for me to him than it is him to me, right? And that's the truth. Facts. If you're sitting down in an interview, you're interviewing them. Like, they don't have all the power, right? They want your services as well. That's how you should go into it. So uh, I was like, no, 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 don't say anything. I want to see how long until he calls me. 
I want to see if he forgets to call me, right? Well, Max pinged him because the guy told me. So, Max, you're caught. I told you not to, and you did anyways, you fuckhead. So, uh, he calls me. 3.30. Hey, dude. Hey, Tanner. What's going on? I'm fucking so-and-so. I'm so sorry for being late. Man, I just... Uh, he got, he got away from me and he just, you know, whatever. But I was like, it's all good, dude. I'm at the gym at this point. I'm like, it's all good, dude. It happens. And I even told him, I was like, not a good start, but whatever. So we laugh, oh, you know, ha ha ha, you know, business laugh and chuckle. And he was like, word, word, man. Well, uh, cool. You know, and we start getting in the interview, you know, we, first we start with like, oh, what's up? Where are you at? Are you at the gym? Oh, your puppy. You know, I tell him like my dog was sick that day and I had to take him to the, uh, he had like a, Fred had like a rash and I was at the vet all day, whatever, you know, the cordial shit, the little breaking the ice. So we start getting in the interview and, uh, we start going through, he's kind of like reading off. Uh, he, he, first, this is when I got like my irk, like when my, my hairs kind of stood up, I was already uncomfortable and kind of irritated cause he was late. Right. And so, uh, but again, I was thinking it was just going to be chill. Right. And it was just going to be, you know, run of the mill. Uh, but then like, he he asked what I knew about CAD software. And I told him just like the basic thing that Max had told me and kind of whatever. And then he immediately flipped on this like sales pitch. Yeah, so fucking CAD software and Tesla and everything around you, even the weights you looking at right now is designed with CAD. And, and it just, he gave me this like elevator pitch of his company, right? And it just gave me the fucking creeps. And that's when I was like, fuck, dude, you're like, you're like tiptoeing back into this goddamn realm again. What are you doing? You've done this so many times. What the fuck? Right. So he, he like, he goes on this pitch and I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, dude. Like I get it. Like you love your, you know, you think your job's awesome and you know, your cat software fucking God needs it. Okay. I got you. So we start going in and then we get into my history. Right. Uh, and he's like, okay, so tell me, you know, what are you doing now? I was like, okay, well I, you know, uh, I work in for an insurance agency. My primary function when I first started was to, uh, oversee the customer service side of things and help put into place some uh, protocols and, and, you know, some structure to the customer service with the, uh, like, you know, relationships with the companies, our, our insurance providers, but also clients and, and different things like that. And my, it was a small company. I came in, I wanted to be a part of that. So I came in on the customer service side, really heating that and customer relations and, and, uh, business relations. But then I transferred in and did a little bit of selling. Cause he was like, Oh, well, so like, uh, do you, do you not do any selling or do, what do you sell? Like, do you sell there? I was like, oh yeah, yeah. Now, especially since the pandemic and everything, we, we lightened, you know, we let a lot of people go and my role became kind of a hybrid role between overseeing, you know, customer service. But then also uh, I started having a primary function for uh, selling as well. Right. He's like, oh, so like, what's that look like? So do you generate your own leads? What's your prospecting? He just fucking, oh, that sales hubba baloo. And I was like, well, no, man, our, uh, no, I don't have to prospect because, uh, it's actually pretty cool. Our sister company, or, or you could say the umbrella company in which we started, uh, under, uh, is like a lead generation company. So we actually have warm to hot leads on a regular basis. Plus we have a, a guy who's mining, uh, our leads as well, getting us like real, real hot leads. So I was like, no, I don't have to, I just, we inbound and, and help them out and go from there. So he's like, huh? Oh, so I really don't understand. So like, uh, it's really kind of, I'm, I'm confused. He started getting kind of condescending. He's like, so I'm confused. How can you sell and do customer service at the same time? And I was like, what? I was kind of like, what do you, what do you mean? Uh, you've never worn two hats before. Like you've never like, you can't do two things at once. Like in the way of like sell when you can sell and, and, and do customer service when you do customer service. It's a hybrid position. That's 
really actually kind of standard in a lot of you, you have to handle your sales right and, and cultivate relationships with your past clients and that's like the the thinking man is people are like oh fucking you can't you, you got to pump and dump you got to get the sale and then move on well then then you don't have client retention and then you can't fucking make any money because you're constantly hemorrhaging or losing clients in the back end and having to just focus on new ones but you're not actually getting the residual and that's an insurance company is all about residual you want to keep them there whatever whatever so I was like, no, 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 uh, you know, this, this, and that. Uh, and I, I had to break it down to him in layman's terms that it's like kind of simple to do both. But, I, you know, I wasn't combative yet. And I did get a little combative eventually. I'll get into that. But, I, you know, I just was kind of like, no, nah, man, you know, and he just he was just kind of like, oh, I don't get it. OK, whatever. So he's like, all right, tell me about this. Uh, tell me about another you know, sales job you had. And I was like, well, uh, I managed the sales floor uh, for a CBD company. Uh, I helped cultivate, you know, uh, you know, a couple years ago, I had an opportunity to, uh, which was my first real sales opportunity was to, I oversaw like eight dudes. Uh, I, I created like pitch formats, uh, and you know, like approaches into warm leads. It was a similar thing where we were just getting inbound leads and then cultivating relationships and reselling and upselling clients, blah, 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 blah. Right. And he was like, huh? Yeah. Okay. And, uh, okay. All right, cool. And, and so then you, you left there and he's like, why'd you leave? And I was like, well, uh, you know, it, it scaled quickly. So we went from, I, I went from in my first year, I was managing eight people up to 50. Uh, we sold like $3.2 million worth of CBD products. And this was another thing that fucked me up is when I was like, CBD, he's like, oh, oh, so like weed. And I was like, no, 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 it was actually hemp derived CBD. Cause at the time it wasn't legal to sell all this like other fake CBD that they say is from weed, but it's really just fake CBD. Most CBD out there is just fake. And if you're like eating gallons of that shit i judge you uh if you want real cbd that's going to benefit you you got to go to a dispensary dude like if you want the cbd to really fucking really hit right and to help you with the inflammation and everything guys it's got to have a little thc in it it's the activator it's like it's like turmeric with a little bit of black pepper you got to have the pepper in there to activate the turmeric uh it's just it's just facts you know don't at me on it do your research whatever you're queuing on fucking this isn't a conspiracy it's truth uh, but I was like, no, 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 no. And it was an important distinction because at the time, if we were selling like, uh, cannabis derived CBD, it would have been, it would have been illegal. This was like five years ago. It would have been a federal crime because we were shipping all over the nation. So I was like, no, it's hemp, hemp derived CBD isolate, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, oh, okay, cool. And so then, uh, he was like, it's all good, dude. I smoke weed every day. He's like, it's all good. I smoke weed every day. And I was like, okay, that's fucking cool do you tell that to all your like all the people you're you're interviewing that you, you fucking get are you high right now is that why you were late were you hitting your bong you fucking junkie i'm just joking weed heads aren't junkies but you know what i'm saying i was like okay that's fucking weird but cool thanks for telling me bud guy and so there's this weird dynamic already going on between him trying to be like cool like cool cool dad or cool boss but then also he was trying to like troll me on my experience and so he was like, why'd you leave? And I was like, well, eventually, uh, you know, the, the situation got pretty toxic because the owner of the company had a falling out with our lead generation guy. And we quit getting like in inbound leads to upsell off our like uh, sale funnel. We'd put out ads, people would respond to them and we would, you know, upsell them from there. And it started getting dicey. And these good dudes didn't come from like quality sales back in the day. I didn't tell them this. And this is probably where he started thinking that I was like dodging shit. Cause I wasn't really being like full. I like, bro, the, the owner of my company at that time got rich off like 
cracking off old ladies, selling them like business opportunities and like old people that had retirement and fucking it, it's called biz op bunch of fucking sharks. Uh, not good at all. I never did that, but like just not good. So he came from this really like shark eat shark, dog eat dog, like <laughs> sales environment. And it got toxic, super toxic. And uh, I was making a bunch of money and I had a, a high leadership position and, and it was great. But like, again, like I said earlier, like money isn't everything to me. And at a certain point I looked around and I was, you know, I pretty much what happened there is I didn't tell him this, but like I was asked to lie to my employees. I was asked to go in and tell them that the reason they're not doing good isn't because our sales funnel is broken and we're not getting leads. And so we can't sell people because we have no one to sell except our own clients that we already have, but they'll only buy so much. So we weren't getting new business. And it wasn't because my guys weren't selling. They, they could sell their fucking asses off when they had the opportunity to, but it was because our system was broken on the back end and he didn't want to say that because that's like a sign of weakness. And so I started having to go in and yell at my guys or I was asked to. And ultimately that's why I, I left is because I wouldn't do that. I'd go into these manager meetings and they'd be like, Tanner, you got to, you know, this, this and that and everything's fucked, but like you got to go tell them that they got to, you know, and I get it. Like that's for most people, that's cool. But for me, like, dude, I'm like trying to be like a good person here. And so I walked away. I just, I started getting anxious every time I went to work. I didn't like lying to these guys and putting them down, making them think it was their fault, whatever. So I walked away, right? I quit uh, on, on good terms and, and you know, whatever, but I walked away and he was like, so when I, when I said that I had left because the environment just got pretty toxic and that it was just like a high stress and that it was just a little bit too much and that I was looking for something else. He was like, oh, so you needed, cause I had taken like four months off. I got my GED. I kind of kicked it at home. Like, you know, I just kind of took a beat. I made a lot of money. So I really didn't have to like go run to the next job. And I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life. I was like 25 years old, 24 years old, right? Uh, newly sober, only been sober like a year or two, three years, whatever. And so he was like, oh, wow. So like you needed to take a break from selling CBD. Like that was too much for you. Super condescending. And I was like, oh, uh, well, when, you know, if you want to paint it that way, like, yeah, uh, no, that's not the case. And it wasn't just selling CBD. Like you just, you know, I know he's lacking nuance in my experience. He doesn't know, but like, it was just, it was kind of inappropriate, man. Like it was just like kind of a bummer. Like, Oh, you're being condescending and telling me, you know, I explained to him. I was like, well, I took some time, took a couple months off, got my GED and decided what I was going to do from there. Right. So he's like, okay, okay, okay. And she's like, so tell me the next job. So I was like, yeah, I went to data sphere. Uh, I was uh, one of the fastest people to get to uh, within three months. I became a senior account executive, which means that you know, I have a rolling average 140% above quota, uh, and that I kept it, you know, and for whatever I, I did really well there. And I kind of started quick and that's where I met Danny, uh, who I'm marrying this, this weekend. And so, you know, I did this and that, and I worked there for about a year. I did really well. I made a lot of money. Uh, I, I was a valued employee. It was, it was a great culture, but eventually what happened, this is again, the truth. And this whole time everything i told this motherfucker can be corroborated through max through all, everyone that's been in my network since i've started this they all know right but uh so i told this guy i was like eventually i i i lost faith in the product that i was selling i was making good money i was i was doing really well I, I i worked with a lot of good people but the product that i was selling to these small to medium-sized businesses who really really needed this to work right that was another thing like these people were buying it because i was selling them at first, I really thought that the, the fucking product was fire. We did YouTube videos, websites. Like we did this whole marketing package and campaign that could really, I, th I thought I was fucking made to believe that it was fire. 
But then after a year, you start talking to the clients you sold months ago and they, they're like calling you like, Hey Tanner, like, fuck dude, we're still kind of, you know, needing like, what's up, you know? And then I, I lost faith in it. So I couldn't fucking sell it anymore. And like every time I would dial the phone to call some, you know, bakery in Alabama, right? Some good old fucking sweetheart. Just, Hey there, Tanner. Oh, sweetheart. I would love your marketing package. Oh, this is going to change our life. Cause we're, you know, it's like, I would fucking die. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And so eventually I had to walk away. I, I couldn't sell the product and, and uh, I had to leave money on the table again because it was a great paying job, great benefits. And I had to walk away. And I was trying to explain it to this guy. I was like, yeah. And he, and he was like, oh, so you walked away from making like $80,000 a year because you didn't believe in the product. And I was like, exactly, dude. And, and the next job I took after that was to work at fucking 24-hour fitness, making $17 an hour. And that was one of the and, and what, what was so frustrating about when he started really calling me on this shit or like like kind of like acting as if I'm making this up about leaving money and, and, and I'll get to like what he was believing what was going on and whatever. But these decisions I made since I've been sober and since I've been in the workforce and, and trying to like actually be successful and, and make a living for myself, there have been moments where like I was afraid to walk away because of the money. I was like, well, if I leave, like, fuck, I might struggle or maybe I can't provide for myself or my family or whatever. Right. And I was really afraid because I came from being broke. I came from straight being poor poverty for a large part of my life, childhood, all that. And so when someone's sitting here and being like, huh, that sounds fishy. You walk away from money because like you have a soul and you want to, and he eventually said, Hey man, so I'm hearing like, you know, I, I don't, I'm not saying this is you, but most salespeople I know end up going dark and he was like, what, you know, they go dark and it's all about the money and they do sketchy shit and they'll do anything they can do to make money. And I was like, yeah, man. Remember when I told you, uh, I, you know, I left toxic sales jobs because they were all fucking dark hitting the vape and fucking lying to people and going crazy. Right. And I was like, that's not me. I was like, I'm not here. Yeah. I want to make a living, but I'm not trying to just be rich by any means. I was like, I've already lived that type of way. It's fucked up, right? I have a soul now. And so I was like, yeah, dude, like it happens, right? No, I, and then that's when I kind of got the idea of what the fuck was going on. That he was thinking that like every job I left wasn't because, you know, of this moral high ground that I was taking, but it was because I was sketchy and I got fired and, and I was lying about being fired because I really wanted the job I have now, whatever, whatever. Because then he was like, okay, so you went to work for 24-hour fitness and I was like, yeah, I worked there for a year. My friend was the, the sales manager there. She came into some, uh, some, some life trouble. She had some, some health, uh, complications. I came in cause I wanted it. And at this point I wanted to check out to see if maybe if I could be in the fitness industry, that was it. The homegirl was like, Hey, I, I, you could be my sales manager in training and then take over the position. If I, if I can't make it back in time and you know, cool. And you can see if you want to work in a gym. Cause I thought about being in the fitness industry, right? I'd been lifting a bunch, powerlifting and everything. I was like, Oh, maybe we can see what this looks like. But like they super underpaid me, they undervalued me. They like 24 hour fitness ended up having a huge, huge class act lawsuit against like, like, dude, it was insane. You can Google it. It's wild. It's act, like, literally it's like law, like it's fact, right? It's public knowledge that this happened. And so I was like, yeah, dude, like I was there for a year. They offered me pretty much my position became obsolete. The sales manager, they went, uh, no contact. So they essentially turned it into like kiosks. So this, there was no salespeople anymore. So my job was literally nothing. So they offered me a, uh, like an oversight job, like an upper management job there. But they like, like, they were like, we're going to give you no more money. And dude, I, I had went, gone from making $80,000 a year, 75, 65, like good money 
to like barely scraping by like $17 an hour with good benefits, like, like health insurance shit. But like, and I was working mad overtime. I was always at the gym, like, like working and working at just like, I had to always be there to make money. Right. To even like scrape by, but I was managing, I was doing fine. And I was like, yeah. So when they offered me that, I felt like I was like super disrespected and I needed, I was, I'm worth at least 25 an hour, you know, 25 an hour, which is what my friend was making near. Right. And I was like, you're going to like, they were just looking for cheap labor and they knew that I was, you know, I showed up and that like, I was fucking responsible and a good employee, but they were trying to, they have, that's why the lawsuit was a thing is because they were like fucking jibbing people. They were, uh, doing dishonest sales practices, like double charging, all this crazy shit. They filed bankruptcy, all this stuff. Right. So I was like, yeah, dude, I didn't, I didn't take the, the offer and I left. Uh, and I, and I started working for this job. I work now. My buddy had given me the opportunity. If I could get my, uh, insurance license, I'll come work with them. Small company, good, solid salary. That's not going anywhere. No commission based sales. It's just show up, be a part of something cool. Grassroots, no, no corporate bullshit. No, like, let me talk to upper man. No, it was just like, I'm going to be sitting next to my boss and the owners in the other room and we're good. And I was super excited to do that. Cause I just needed that. I did not want to fucking like grind out anymore. Right. I just wanted to like, just work hard and stay fucking just help. So at this point he was like, okay, dude, let me stop you there. He's like, okay, I'm just going to be real here. I'm just going to be real here. Okay. Cause I'm trying to conduct a professional interview. He was like, can you get me, can you get me references? And I was like, yeah, oh yeah, for sure. And he was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Did I just catch you off guard asking for references? And I was like, what? Literally like, I, I was like, excuse me. I was like, every job I've ever applied for asked for references. What are you getting at? And he was like, well, I just got to be honest. When I asked you that, it seemed like uh, you were surprised. Can you provide references? I was like, yeah, dude, sure. I was like, the only reference I couldn't uh, provide for you is a 24-hour reference, uh, Adam, because he probably doesn't even work for the company anymore. And the company uh, filed for bankruptcy and was in a class action lawsuit. So, like, they fucking fired everybody. And that's when he was like, okay, okay, dude. All right. Okay. Are you kidding me? He's like, are you kidding me? You're telling me that you can't go on LinkedIn and find this guy. And I said, no, I didn't say that. I'm not willing to try and find, dude, he just fucking, he just flipped it on me. Right. Came out of left field trying to first call me out for being surprised on a, a literally like a, a basic question. Can you provide references? Which every job I have sterling silver fucking platinum references. No one would say anything bad right? I'm not worried about that because I left on good terms always. Cause I quit. I was never fired. I've never been fired from a job since I've been sober facts. Right? So, uh, I'm like, all I was letting you know is that the only one that I could not provide on the spot was Adam because I haven't talked to him since I left and he doesn't work for the company anymore. I'm sure I could find his number. Right? So at that point he's like, okay, I gotta be real here, man. Hey, I really like what I'm hearing. I'm really liking what I'm hearing. And, and I think you'd be a great fit but this is kind of concerning, man. I ask you about references and you tell me you're, you're not able to give me. And it was like the least significant job, like, like a 24 hour fitness sales job that isn't even relevant to what I'm like, uh, interviewing for. So then I got just like real, he was already condescending. He was late. I was just so fucking far gone from this. And it really had hit me that like, fuck dude, I'm already like having such a bad experience, even thinking about coming into this industry again. That then finally I stopped him and I was like, Hey dude, listen, bro. Cause I hate it when like real quick, I hate it when people, he kept saying, I'm, I'm trying to conduct a professional interview, a professional interview that he was like, we're, we're a, a legit company 
and I have to do, I'm trying to be professional here. And I was like, dude, you were 30 minutes late. You admitted that you get fucking high every day, which I'm not a fucking crude. Like, it's cool, dude. I'm like, I, I have no issues with anyone getting high. But like a professional interview, you don't admit to doing still federally illegal substance, right? If he was like, yeah, I drink every day, that would be kind of weird. But like, that's, but like getting high every day, even if you're, it's in your state, it's legal. It's still a federally, I could have been, you know, whatever. I just, it's, that's not a professional thing to do. And then he starts trying to be combative and, and he's being indirect. He's being passive condescending if you would have just been like hey dude so like you're you keep telling me this shit that you walk away from money and that you don't like jobs because they're a toxic environment and that's where i fucked up is that i shouldn't say that kind of stuff i ended up talking to my buddy later and not max but but joe and and you know i i, I don't like lying though i just feel like just full disclosure if it works out it works out if it doesn't it doesn't but here's the truth right but he thought i was lying so he's trying to catch me in a lie that isn't there. And then also I was super disrespected because someone was telling me that my experience, which was really scary multiple times, and that caused a lot of fucking anxiety and spiritual inflammation, right? Uh, he was telling me that I was fake and that I was really just like a shit employee that was trying to duck like the truth. So finally I was like, hey man, so I got to be honest, dude. Like you, uh, what are you getting at? I was like, what are you getting at? I've answered honestly every question. I showed up for this. I, I'm like, I'm, I'm, being honest about my experience and you're you're and he's not you're not telling me that you don't believe me but you keep trying to act as if you're going to catch me up if you don't believe what i'm saying that's one thing just say it but like to to act as if i'm dodging your questions or doing anything when like i'm being straightforward with you and that you're the one that's aggro i was like so what are you getting at dude what's going on and he was like you know uh yeah i like like I said, I'm just trying to be professional and I, just, I think I've heard it. And I was like, yeah, dude, you know what? We can just end here. I would never fucking work for you in a million years. And I hung up and I hung up. And what's crazy is dude, when I hung up, I was so like viscerally shocked. I was shaking. I was like, what the fuck just happened? I just had this guy try and like cool guy me, but also try and be like the heavy on me. And like, it was so mixed. And that's where I was, like I said, I was short. Cause I, I came in lackadaisical. I came in just like, not really on point. Like I normally am. Normally I come into interviews pretty hard nosed, like straightforward, no bullshit, short answers, just direct. And this one, I was a little bit too like chill and, and you know, walking into it like that. So I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I just went through that. And I was like shaking dude, like shaking, not necessarily like anger or rage because like I, I wasn't in, I was more embarrassed because I've never had someone tell me that my experience wasn't truthful, especially knowing that like I went through that wasn't fabricating a single fucking thing and that all those things actually happen. And that I did walk away from like, like pretty much I knew what I had went through. And this guy was telling me that like, no, you're just like everybody else. And that you're like, you're a piece of shit and then money's everything, but like you're sketchy. And that's why you got fired. When like money is like, I've taken those pay cuts. I've left money on the table. I've walked away from like comfy living because my intuition told me to, because I believed that I was supposed to be doing something different. So I just was, I felt like I had pie on my face or egg on my face or something on my fucking face. Right. That wasn't supposed to be there. And I was like, I called Max and I was like, dude, what the fuck? And I, I, I apologize, Max. I dumped on him so hard. Like it wasn't his fault. I wasn't upset with him. I was grateful that he had recommended me, but then I was like, dude, this guy was like acting as if everything I was telling him wasn't the truth, but he never said he didn't believe me. 
And I was like, Max. And I asked Max, everything I told this guy, I said, is that true? Is that true? Did this happen? And he was like, yeah, because Max has been there with me this whole time. Right. And so eventually, I mean, like I, I wasn't, I thought like, oh, maybe if he calls back, I thought about sending an email like with my references and kind of just being like, fuck you, dude, or whatever. But that, I just, I don't have that energy. The, the answer came to me. The answer was, is that I had no business ever getting on that call. It's good to get reps and in, in interviews and stay on your toes and see what the industry is out there. And if you, you know, see what you're worth, your market value, everything, that's all good. But like, I had no business and I was just chasing the money. And that, you know, the moral of the story, this one wasn't as funny as I thought it was. I was going to try and add some comedic fucking thing, but now I'm just like back in that moment. I'm fucking saucy right now. Uh, the moral of the story, man, is like uh, I had my intuition laid out and I had my path ahead of me and I was quickly willing to cast that to one side for some extra money. Money that is like fake. It's not even real. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like fucking comes and goes. Like, like whether I have 10,000 or 1,000, like I'm still got to be me. I still have to look at myself in the mirror. I still have to have like the level of spirituality to try and live all that shit. Right. And I just felt embarrassed that. And, and you know, I later I had that reflection. I was like, damn dude, like I was so willing to just cast aside the harder path that was in front of me. Cause it's unknown, right? It's unknown the personal training and a new job, whatever, like it's unknown and scary. And so I don't know what that looks like. I was willing to cast all that aside, which was my true intention and what I really want to try and do with my life for just $20,000 more a year. Plus like even more than that and like health insurance, but in an industry that I absolutely loathe and despise, which is sales regardless of in CAD software is a fucking amazing software and their company is fire. And they, they do provide like a legit, they work with engineers like, like on there. It's really fucking cool. It's perfect for max. Max is going to hopefully work there for the rest of his life. Like that, that's so good for max. But for me, like even just the thought of that whole industry or that, that culture of sales, like within a year, I already know I would be fucking like flat and I would be spiritually sick again. And I would be all fucked up and I would hate myself because I'm just like, I hate sales. I don't like going to people for money. And that's my, even my fucking apprehension with doing the personal training because there's like a, a money for my services, which like I would much rather go donation, don't have like a decent job where I just can like provide for myself, for my, for Fred, have a, a nice life, go on some trips. Like, cool. I don't have these crazy ambitions of just having all the money, right? I don't, but I want to provide a service that's of quality that can affect people in positive ways, right? And that it's not just about if you can't pay me this, then I can't help you. Obviously, it'd have to be if I was doing that full time. But that's why I'm like personal training. I just want to have the certification. So I have the knowledge and I have the skill and I have the justification to ask for certain prices. And it also just makes me more useful. But like, ultimately, I just want to fucking, you know, make make a difference if I can, which I do in my regular life. So I don't need to have this dream job. I help people on a regular basis because I want to. But like, if I could have a job that's cool like that, great. But that's not, it wasn't going to be through selling fucking, you know, Tesla computers to make dick rockets like it just or whatever the fuck they do, you know, uh, and the money would have been great. I could have bought a house, literally could have bought a house, but I'd rather just stay in a box apartment with Fred and kick it and feel good about myself than like live in a house and have that pressure, whatever, you know, worst job interview ever though. I was, dude, I was hung over for that for like three days. It would hit me in waves. I would like think about it. And I'd like, Ugh. Seriously, like before that, the worst job interview, and I'll end on this. I'm almost done. It was way longer than I thought, guys. I'm sorry. Hopefully it was a good story. <laughs> uh, 
the worst job interview I've ever had before that was the very first job interview I went on when I was sober. I was trying to work at a Michael's. Uh, I just, dude, fresh, like fucking sober 60, 90 days, barely anything, right? I was shook. Could barely even look people in the eyes. Uh, go to this Michael's or this similar to Michael's, this art store. Cause I wanted to get like discounts on art supplies. Cause I was all about graffiti and, and just, uh, that was my whole thing. That was my, my intention. Right. And so I have this good long interview with this guy. He's like, Oh, at the very end, it's funny. I'm just answering questions about, you know, whatever, whatever. Uh, my availability is really like not a perfect, it's just low key. It's like a Michael's, right? The dude's not whatever. So at the, he's like, yeah, dude. So it sounds like we can get you on like three, four days a week. You can be working like swings or mids or whatever. Great. And then he was like, uh, where did you say you live again? And I was like, oh, I live in, uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, I live in like an Oxford house, uh, in Kenmore. And he was like, oh, what's an Oxford house? I was like, oh, you know, <laughs> oh, it's just, yeah, you know, it's just like a house where a bunch of dudes live that are uh, newly sober or been sober trying to just, you know, change their lives and, and cl clean their lives up. He's like, oh, are, are you? I was like, yeah, you know, I'm, I've been sober like 90 days. And, and I saw this like switch happen in this guy's head. Like talk about like literally discrimination. I'm, I'm just going to say it. Like he was discriminating against my experience and my truth because then and I got super uncomfortable after I, cause I said that I was like, yeah, I'm sober. I've been sober for like 90 days. Right. Uh, I'm super stoked. You know, congrats to me or whatever. And then I see him look at me and then I become self-aware that I'm like some like fat dumpy nine or 90 day sober kid i have a hand tattoo i'm like kind of i'm like oh shit whoa it just like snapped in then i was like i am who i am and then he looks i see him look at me and kind of like look down and like scan me and he's and then i then i notice he, he sees my tattoo and then he's like thinking about you know me being like you know in a sober house and people have all these weird misconceptions about that and whatever and then he went from like literally like offered me three four days a week then he was like you know what? Now that I think about it, dude, we could really use you on the night shift. Like when we're closed, getting freight like once a week. <laughs> I was like, fuck. Like, I've never seen that happen before. I've never had that experience, right? Like, oh yeah, all stoked. And then I say one thing I overshare and I, and I tend to do that. You guys, loud mouth, I overshare. I don't have a filter sometimes, right? Uh, and I, I just told him, I was just always told when I first got sober, just be honest, dude, own that shit. Like it's all good. And I believe that now that like, if I tell someone a truth about me and my situation and they don't hire me because of it, or I don't get this opportunity or they want to be friends or they want to date me or they want whatever, like that's what's supposed to happen. That's their choice. Right. I would rather have that than me lie about any given situation or personality trait or political leaning or whatever the fuck an opinion just to have someone in my life. Because if I'm already acting out of fear to have these people be in my life and I'm fabricating who I am in my existence, I'm already fucked. And that relationship is not going to go well. There's going to be resentment. There's going to be struggle, insincerity, and eventually someone's going to get hurt, right? Uh, or I'm going to end up hating that job or they're going to think, or they're going to think that I was like really good at fucking Microsoft word and I'm not or whatever, you know? So I just shoot from the hip, but this, oh man, I'm grateful for that experience though. Both of them. But, uh, the, this last, this last one, cause it really kicked me in the teeth with like, dude, you're never going to do sales again unless you're selling like your services, which you have confidence in that, you know, will affect people's lives directly. Cause if I sit down and I'm like, yeah, I do 250 bucks. That gets you three sessions, a diet plan, a workout program and constant, you know, 24 hour access to me and all my, you know, knowledge and information that I have for, for dieting, all that shit. But then also like accountability and support. 
and all these resources that I've had and I've accumulated all these years. I can say that, but also if someone follows through on their end, that's all that matters. Like it will work if they show up. Like the clients I have now, they're showing up, it's working. So then now I, have, I feel justified like asking that because it's not about my shit product. My shit, my product is, is of quality because I put the work in and I'm certified and all that stuff. It's about them on the back end. So now if I'm paid, I don't have to feel guilty for that money, even though I kind of would if like someone paid me like 250 bucks and they never showed up to a session or never use it. But like I showed up, right? And if they ever were like, hey, t hey, I paid you that $200 a year ago. Can we get back in? I'd be like, yep, bet. And I wouldn't ask them for more money, whatever, right? So that's story time. That felt good. That felt good. I want to know your guys' shit. I uh, really want to know your guys' shit interview stories. So hit me up on the, the, the Instagram at groovy underscore misfits underscore podcast or pod. I got to figure that out. I got to write out a little like closer thing. Uh, shoot me some messages. Let me know. Uh, don't forget to, to like, comment, subscribe, share, crip walk all over this podcast. It's groovy underscore misfits underscore pod. Give us a follow. Give me a follow. It's not us anymore since Joe fled to his native land. Uh, give, me, give me a follow. Shoot me a message. Let me know. Tell me if you have a, a more horrific job interview than mine. And we can reminisce through our, our job interview traumas, right? Uh, yeah, it's been a blast. Thank you for listening. Uh, thanks for everyone who listened, you know, so far. Uh, and, and I really appreciate the support. Uh, and just, dude, fucking stay true to yourself, man. Stay groovy. Stay groovy. You're fucking cool. Like, you're a cool person. You're a good person. You have value. Like, like leverage your value, right? Be, have, be confident in yourself. I don't care if you're interviewing at, like, Subway or if you're interviewing at fucking to, to be Amazon, Jeff Bezos' replacement, whatever. Like, be confident. Do you boo-boo. And don't ever let someone tell you your experience is not true. And if they even attempt to, laugh at their face and say, I'll never work for you in a million years and walk away. And if you're a female and you have a dump truck, really put some extra wiggle in that dump truck and let them know that a badass is walking out. Like, like hit those, swing those hips just a little bit more and walk out with that fucking swagger. Dudes, walk, wear sweats at the interview, walk backwards, show them the dick print. Right? Show that wiggle. Big dick energy, right? Confident dick energy. Or WAP energy, or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Or just, we don't even have to assign generals. Just big energy. Big confident energy, we'll call it. All right, you guys, much love. I'm going to, uh, this is, this is going to be the last podcast for this week until I get back to Hawaii. I might bring my equipment and get down in Hawaii. Ooh, let me know if that'd be a good idea. Let me know if that'd be a good idea. Maybe I won't. I don't want the equipment to get fucked up, but that would be really cool. Imagine a podcast on the beach with a bunch of Hawaiians telling me to go back to the mainland because we're fucking ruining their homeland, which is fucked up. And I might do a story about that when I get back because it is really fucked up. Stop going to Hawaii, you fucking white people. Okay, guys, I love you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the support. Give me some feedback. I want to hear your stories. Uh, and you guys are the best. Okay, have a great weekend. Bye-bye.